You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 30 on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wanton, or simply just Anton. And on today's episode, Nina from the Soju Talk Nation, K-pop OG and founding member of the Suyun Cult, joins the show on a trip down memory lane into Gen 2 K-pop, the days of Soju Talk Minju, and we go in-depth on Girls Planet 999 Episode 11, The Eliminations. And we end on celebrating Suyun. Coming up, my chat with Nina on the Soju Sessions. Joining Soju Sessions, a member from the Soju Talk Nation, uh, a very lively member, uh, part of the Herald's Homies. Um, we're going to be called something else very shortly, so I don't really know, but we have Blue as our name tags. Um, and also one of the active members of various cults, primarily in recent weeks, uh, the Suyin cult from Girls Planet 99. We have Nina joining the show. Welcome to the show, Nina. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. I'm yeah. super excited. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to have you. Um, I think you've been around for a bit now. Um, mm-hmm. We talked before the show. So about the start of this year, the end of last year, you were a bit active. You joined the homies. You got access to all the uh, the dumpster fire conversations that we all have. And I think you fit yes. right in. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think we've all just been very comfortable with each other over the past year or so. Um, Definitely. To the point where we just made a lot of really great friendships and relationships on the server. And um, I'm glad to, to finally speak to you on voice chat. So uh, very, very excited to kind of dig into a couple of things. But before we get started on uh, the Girls Planet 999 talk, because I, I kind of I'm like, I'm like itching to get to there because I'm looking at this. Yeah, we're of, excited. Of <laughs> I'm just like, I, I was just about to start asking. I, I got to get your origin story. So I got to start. Um, with how you got into K-pop, how you found it, and kind of how that's changed for you over time. Okay, gosh. So for me, it actually started in 2007 was when I first got into K-pop. So it it started with actually Kingdom Hearts. Um, I know this is a bit of a, I promise I'll segue back into K-pop. If you're familiar, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 have absolute bangers of intro songs by uh, Utada Hikaru, the Japanese artist. Amazing. The first time I heard Sanctuary in the Kingdom Hearts 2 opening, my life changed. Um, So, you know, I'm a young kid. I get on LimeWire or whatever it was that we used to (laughs) illegally download our music back in the day. And I I downloaded Utada Hikaru's entire discography and I started getting really into uh, J-pop soloists in particular. I I tried J-pop groups for a bit. Um, None of them really caught my interest, but I was really into... uh, like Hamasaki Ayumi, Amuronami, and uh, Kodokumi was one of my favorites. Um, so in 2007, Kodokumi released a song called Last Angel, and it was featuring Toho Shinki, who I had no idea who that was. I was like, who's this guy uh, singing with Koda? And um, so I watched the music video. It's actually five guys. And I look them up. I'm on Live Journal. That's that's where my fandom life started. Was on Live Journal. Yeah, that's a throwback. Um, and I found out that they're actually Korean, and people also call them DBSK or TVXQ. <laughs> um, and it it was just like instantaneously. I went from my iPod Nano was full of you know pop punk and like anime OSTs, and then overnight, 100% TVXQ nothing else <laughs> so uh, i i felt i felt really really hard and fast and 2007 was kind of peak second generation k-pop um we had like tell me by the wonder girls we had lies by big bang we had sonia shide's debut uh kara's debut epic highs remapping the human soul which is um still one of the greatest albums of all time in my opinion um, so it was just kind of, I, I, <laughs> you know, I was really young and, um, the moral of the story is don't give your child unfiltered access to the internet or they will end up a K-pop fan. 
It's, um, I would not call that a cautionary tale. I would call that actually a very guided, strong, positive reflection of what the internet can do for people. So yeah, <laughs> um, go on, go on. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, here I am, what, 14 years later. <laughs> um, and I've, I've definitely, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. I, I was a big SM fan, definitely, from TVXQ, uh, Day, Shiny, and FX were, like, my ride or die is starting out. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a wild ride, for sure. I was thinking, you know, a few weeks ago, you had Mal on, and you guys were talking about... Uh, K-pop Live, the textbook. Yeah. Um, talking about um, that's that's one of the biggest differences for me is just how accessible K-pop idols are now to their fans, um, and that's something I think about a lot because when I was a kid um, getting into K-pop, we there was an app called Clubbox. This was the only way that we could download uh, Korean shows. You couldn't watch anything live. That wasn't an option back then for an international fan. You would have to download it in about six parts. Uh, it probably took you about a week to download. And then you would use an app called HJ Split to join it all together. And then you could finally watch your episode of Star Golden Bell <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, and yeah, these days it's it's crazy. You know, we can watch V Lives. We can stream concerts live, even international fans with the video calls. It's um, and I, and I don't know necessarily if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes I wonder if there's uh, too blurry of a line. Sometimes, like some fans think that they're a bit closer to the idols than um, than they really are. So it, but it's just I I was just thinking about that. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent already. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're great. Just to summarize, uh, you used LimeWire and Morpheus and gave your computer uh, probably the worst viruses ever. I, too, have Oh, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. You are a live journal aficionado OG connoisseur. Um, I, too, have done that. That's why I learned how to do basic coding. Thank you. Internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse Live, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. And then yeah. you had to do something with the file and split it into many different things. Um, I, too, have had to do that and jump through many hoops. <laughs> so you and I are both in the same generation of trying so hard on the internet to make it work and to find entertainment from other parts of the world, especially um, representative of Asian culture. Um, I think mm -hmm. For me, I've spoken to this a bit in the past, but... Um, I, I didn't know why I hungered for that type of exposure and that type of messaging my entire life until I got a little bit older and more cognizant about culture and myself and what I wanted to be reflected in the entertainment sources, right? So, um, yeah, I think it, it's more of a, you know, a, a positive reflection of the things that we want to see kind of in, in the world and the agency we have, the control over the, like how we maneuver the internet. Um, and I think... Ultimately, it's a net positive that right now the internet is is far more open and accessible with how people can find um, entertainment, like you mentioned. Um, but again, it does blur that line of uh, the cognitive development side of, you know, perhaps maybe there is um, a little bit more of a, how should I phrase this, like social learning that it gets lost in the mix, right? Because... Uh, people do feel a little too close to idols at times. So, you know, it's a, it's a gray area, but I think with, with all of that, it's a, it's a learning process for, for everyone and kind of how we, you know, manage and maneuver the evolution of the internet. Um, yeah, you, you said a lot of great things about Gen 2 K-pop and how it's changed and evolved over time. Um, I got into it at the start of Girls' Generation, Sonia Ishide, so you did mention them. Um, but you also mentioned the OGs with TVXQ, Big Bang, um, I think you mentioned Kara in there, Wonder Girls. Mm -hmm. All right, so a lot of those idols today are in their late 20s, 30s, mid 30s. I think Dara is always my like, my my touch point. It's like, okay, I know Dara is like closer to 40 than she is 30. So I'm not that old, am I? Question mark. <laughs> um, but then with everything that's changed in all, all the idols today, what do you feel like are the biggest changes um, in the positive or negative direction um, with how music is produced nowadays and kind of the idol scene and how that has changed for you? Hmm. Yeah, one of the biggest changes I always think about is the focus on choreography. 
um, one of the big things about K-pop now, you know, everyone's doing cover dances and um, it's it's one of the really, I think it's one of the big things that makes K-pop so popular. Um, but on the flip side, we have all this awesome choreography, um, but to the point where it's almost impossible for some of these idols to sing live. <laughs> you can't fault them for lip syncing because the tricks that they have them doing on stage, it's literally impossible for them to be able to sing stably. Um, and that's that's a big, I, I'm not saying no one lip synced back then, but there was maybe less lip syncing and more simple choreography. And now we're moving into um, sort of this era where, where the choreography is one of the main uh, focuses of the track itself. And, and not that that's a bad thing or a good thing. I don't mind lip syncing. I'm not the kind of person who's like, oh, they're always lip syncing. That means that they're terrible singers. <laughs> if, if that's what you need to do to put on your performance, then, you know, go on. Um, but that that's one of the, the big things that I notice. Um, Music-wise... <laughs> There's so much to cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, well, uh, I think it was interesting that you said that the choreography has changed so much over the past... I would say even like three or four years um, because it has become a lot of stunt work, right? It's become a lot of gymnastics. It's been a lot of um, like almost like a hyper athletic version of what it used to be as far as dancing. Not to say the dancing was, was not this athletic endeavor, but I think it's to the point where they're specifically trained in a number of dance styles, whether that's ballet, hip hop dance, and then even incorporating a lot of gymnastics that it makes it almost, Im not impossible, but it makes it very difficult to sing live, like you mentioned. Um, but it also kind of like brings me to like what you said earlier about you being an SM stan and like being an SM being known for being a vocal prominent um, like company, like putting out idols who sing very well, or at least a high emphasis on that training. What was it about SM's vocal style that really appealed to you? Yeah, you're definitely right that SM has always, um, even looking at Espa now, uh, there's some vocals on those girls so that's uh that's carried on i i'm not really sure what it was maybe it was that tvxq was my lead in and and you know tvxq were whatever your opinions of are, <laughs> are of them these days they're great vocalists they were always great vocalists um and they they have this different style of singing that's um i don't know more more full than some other you know jyp has that half air half breath <laughs> and um sm there, there is more of a, a focus on belting and the high notes. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what it was that uh, that drew me towards SM, but um, yeah, the, the vocals are a huge part of it, I will say. Um, but I do think that we, we do see a lot of great vocalists these days, but maybe they don't get a chance to show it off the way that they used to. What's um, one song from SM that has forever been ingrained into your soul, your psyche, your your being throughout the years oh. that you can always go back to? You know, right now I'm thinking of Jonghyun's solo from Shiny's first mini album, uh, YC Fiera Ella, I believe. Um, I, you know, he he is and always will be one of my top biases in K-pop, and his voice was a gift to this world and uh you you can't listen to that song without crying <laughs> oh you you cut deep on that one yeah that one, that one gave me chills i'm just like I, yeah i think you, you stopped me in my tracks i had a follow-up and i lost it um but you know, that, that's a very powerful selection and you know his story um it, it's it's a cautionary tale but i also think it's a beautiful story just overall and kind of understanding his impact and his influence with so many people i think he did touch so many artists and you can tell um with the way they talked about him um you know after it happened after he was no longer with us and then even to this day um i think the shiny episode of odg um from this year uh, where they talk to the kids and they talk about um like old videos from them and they ask where where he is and they say he's not well. That one really got to me. And um, yeah, it, it really kind of goes to show the, the reach of K-pop and how, you know, like, we, like you said, we, we do have access to their lives. We're almost brought into the journey along with them. And I feel like that's so unique relative to like Western media and Western pop that, um, I don't know, I, I feel like it, it's just, there, there's a developmental um, journey that we go along with them that 
allows us to attach to all of this media in a different kind of way than I think any um, than I think any other form of media, right? Yeah. I, I'm rambling, but that... no, I, I I totally get what you're saying. You're gonna get me crying over here, but yeah, right? <laughs> um, it, it's this whole it's yeah. Well, with regards to that and like forming relationships, right, and bonds, um, the Soju Talk K-pop podcast and the server have been an excellent Mm -hmm. place to do that, especially during a time of so much disconnect, so much upheaval in the world with the pandemic, with so much change. But I do feel like it's been a safe haven for a lot of people. And it's been really nice to have you around. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what were your first memories of the podcast? How did you find it? And what was it about the show that drew you in? So I actually discovered Soju Talk through the Minju Discord card bot game, <laughs> if you're familiar. Um, I um, and near the end of last year, I uh, was working nights and I was alone most nights and I was mostly on Discord. And I discovered this card game and I've always loved trading card games, you know. Um, so I was in the server, I was checking it out, and they have this, uh, in this game, um, you can join companies and you can work for the companies. And I was looking at, um, you know, the companies you could apply for. And you could you can kind of tell right off the bat that a lot of them were posted by teenagers, which, not nothing against teenagers, but when you're not one, you try not to spend a lot of time in spaces that are uh, mostly teenagers. Um, and Doug, uh, who is to this day the CEO of Soldier Talk Entertainment in the Minju Cardbot game, um, he had posted an ad for a server and it was, seemed really chill. And I sent him a message. I said, hey, I'm brand new. Can I join your company? And he was like, yeah, come on in. Um, I didn't even know that it was a podcast at the time. <laughs> um, but I quickly found out. And um, I, I've checked out a couple of K-pop podcasts in the past. Um and never really stuck with them. Um, but when I started listening to Soju Talk, you know, on my night shifts, it it just had a different feel to it. Um, it it doesn't. It feels a bit more authentic, maybe, where it's just a couple of friends chatting. And um, yeah, so I so I was really enjoying listening to the podcast. Uh, Soju Talk Entertainment was closing down. Uh, Doug sort of stopped playing the game, and we were we were the top company in this cardboard game. We were killing it, um, but it, it got to be a lot of work for Doug. So we decided to shut down the company. I was heartbroken. I wasn't in the main Discord at this point. I was only in the uh, the one for the company in the game. And, uh, and as he was about to shut it down, he actually sent me a message and said, uh, we're not shutting down. We're just downsizing. Would you like to come join us on the main Soju Talk Discord? And um, I, I hadn't joined because I actually... I actually have quite bad social anxiety. <laughs> um, so it doesn't show 100%. <laughs> you are so socially competent. It's insane how competent. You are. Oh gosh. Thank you. Um, so I, I've joined, you know, a couple servers in the past in different K-pop communities and I've never really, I spend a lot of my time lurking and just on the, the outskirts looking in and that sort of thing. So I thought to myself, well, I'll join this, you know, I'll probably just hang out in the Minju channel and maybe I'll lurk a bit. Um, but, you know, as I was listening to the pod more and I started, you know, dropping my opinion every once in a while and, um, it just, it, it, it felt really different when you, when you first join the server, you can tell right away, this is a close knit group of people. Um, there's a lot of people who have known each other for a long time. There's a lot of people that are really good friends, which can be intimidating at first. And I thought, oh, well, I, I don't stand a chance here, (laughs) but um, I started chatting more and, you know, the vibes are just good. People were listening to me and responding to me when there's disagreements, they're handled, you know, they don't devolve into fighting. They usually are handled <laughs> maturely and it's just, I don't know. I couldn't believe it. I started talking to people. I realized I was making connections. People remembered me and that's, that's one of the first times that that's happened to me in an online community. Um, so it's been really special and I'm I'm still working my, I'm not working nights anymore, but I'm working an incredibly boring job. And um, yeah, the, uh, the server's just kind of been my savior <laughs> throughout the day when I'm, uh, when I'm bored and losing my mind, I always have someone to chat with and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a special place for sure. <laughs> it's a comforting home base. 
right? Yeah. 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 Um, I did not know that you found us through Minju. Amazing. <laughs> um, Doug has said many stories about Minju um, on voice chats and just hanging out with them. Like it, it, it's been wild. I'm, I totally forgot how insane it was at a certain period last year. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you, he reached out to you and you were one of the more reasonable people that migrated over into yeah, let's just say that. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, because yeah, it's uh, it's a mixed bag. I will say that. I, I've seen some of the chats. I've seen some of the other places where Minju was played. Very interesting. I did not know how to navigate certain things, and I was yelled at for just you know being there. I was like, I'm gonna leave now. Goodbye. <laughs> I was very lucky to accidentally stumble into Soju Talk Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's amazing, and I'm glad that you were able to kind of like grow that love of collectible card games. Um, into you know this family and this like friendship that you've had with other people. Quick aside, um, did you play Magic the Gathering or Pokemon growing up? I played Pokemon, yes. Okay. Yeah, and my brother played Magic, so. Got it, okay, <laughs> checks out. Um, in a weird way, NFTs kind of fit that on the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I see that. I'm always like trying to make that connection, but I just don't have the funds to do that. So I'm just gonna like, just in case I get addicted to that, I'm gonna not participate in spending lots of money on digital things that, you know, may or may not have value a year from now. Mm -hmm. um, with all that said, um, I thought it was really nice that, you know, you came along to, you know, Soju Talk, you are far more well-adjusted than you give yourself credit to. So I will just like say that off the bat. Um, you do an excellent job of communicating and having a baseline level of clownery and fun while also being part of kind of that elevated sense of like maturity, even though there is a mixed age group here, I do think people are generally more mature than they appear to be, I guess, um, but also understandable with um, the jokes and the things that we do say here on the server. Um, man, yeah, you just kind of took us down a, a like a tour down memory lane and it was kind of nice. Um, was there any moment from the main show that you remember over the past year or so um, that really stood out to you? Because um, I know you said it was very authentic. It was like friends hanging out. Um, I made this comparison. I feel like I say this every week, but it does feel like college or you go to school, you go to a new school and there's all these different clubs and you don't know where you belong and you're kind of afraid to talk to people because, you know, that social pressure of trying to fit in and all of a sudden people open up and they're just normal people. Um, mm -hmm. Do you get any of that sense here on the server? Um, I think I threw two questions at you. So the first one is, <laughs> what was the first, what was a fun memory you've had from the main show? And two, what are your feelings with respect to this space being like school? Yeah, I, I don't know if I have one particular uh, memory that really brought me in, but I will say it's, you know, it's nice. The the three members of the, the crew, especially, they all bring something different, you know, to the pod. We have Doug, who's moderating. He brings the research. He leads the conversation along. We got Warren, who's always bringing the memes, but he also brings that experience with music production, which I really love uh, hearing that aspect of it. And, um, you know, his opinions on different... I, I would love to find out what his secret chart is that we're not allowed to find out about his secret ranking for each song. Um, I understand why he doesn't want to tell us, though. And then um, Anita is, you know, kind of our gentle soul who... Um, I, I really appreciate that she always brings up things like choreography and visuals because as important as the music is, I, I think the visuals are just as important when it comes to K-pop, you know? Like, that's, that's one of the big things that makes K-pop stand out is things like the music videos and the the choreography. So we, we have these three different personalities that each bring something different to the conversation. And they all just, you know, you can tell that they're friends and they all joke with each other well. And and the other thing that I, there's a couple, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm an old hat when it comes to K-pop. I've been around a while. And there were a few K-pop podcasts I listened to in the past that just didn't do their research. And that would really <laughs> tick me off when they would just say an incorrect fact and then carry on. And one thing I appreciate about the Soju Talk crew is that if they're not sure about something, they'll double check it. <laughs> and I really, I, I think the first time I noticed that, it's like Morin might have said something. He said, I'm not sure on that. Let me check. And then he came back a few moments later and said, actually, I was, I was wrong. This is the case. And I was like, oh, I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I don't know if there was one, but I just caught myself kind of binging and you start feeling like, 
you know, you're just hanging out with them. <laughs> and then you come to the server and you hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, there's level of self-awareness to how they talk about things and understanding like the world is always changing, moving. We can't know everything, but we can try. Mm -hmm. And I think they do an excellent job of at least being organized in that sense. And then having yes. fun with things that they don't know, which they look up in the moment, which is also kind of great. Uh, and they're willing to joke about it. And yeah, it's just <laughs> the vibes, yeah, like I said. Yeah, totally. The it, vibes it, are right. It brings you in, right? It, it feels. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel like it's too structured, even if even though there is a lot of structure to this show. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned Warren's secret metrics. I, too, would like <laughs> to learn about that. He's alluded to that several times. I still have no clue what he means by it. But uh, one day, one day. Please, Warren, just a little leak. Yeah. <laughs> just a... Just a... <laughs> Um, and then you also mentioned Anita and kind of her emphasis on the visual component of K-pop, the fashion, choreography. Um, and this kind of does tie it into the book, the textbook K-pop Live that you mentioned earlier um, that I've brought up a couple times on this show. Have you gotten a chance to read any portion of it or at least heard the, um, I guess she's a UCLA professor, talk about mm -hmm. the book? I haven't, but I was actually looking it up just the other day so I'm, I'm hoping to look into that because i'm very interested nice nice um so this is probably a plug for another show i can't remember exactly i will i will put it somewhere in the description but she did a podcast on um well i don't even remember anymore but she did a podcast like two years ago talking about the book it was a very nice concise like 20 minute like spiel about like all the different elements and components about k-pop a nice introduction to that type of research um, and then from there, I, I just, I bought it. It's a textbook, so it's not cheap. Um, <laughs> I, I will lend it out if you, if you are so curious, but um, it does talk about a lot of the details of how K-pop has evolved over time. And then the historical context of um, where Korea was socio-politically in the nineties and how that evolved and changed. So yeah, um, I, I'm glad that you were able to make that connection and hopefully um, look a little bit further into that because it is something I, I'm slowly doing research on here and there, but it's quite dense. So it's a, it's, it's a longer project that I got to work on. I, uh, my bachelor's degree is in sociology and anthropology, so I'm used to it. <laughs> you would love this book. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, it's a little dry, but honestly, the content is great. The research is great. And a lot of like a lot of survey and interview perspectives throughout the book. Mm -hmm. Oh man, yeah, we can go uh, yeah, the uh, soju sessions, uh, ac uh, soju sessions after school, a academic session. I don't know what <laughs> we'll figure out a word for a new show. All right. Um, well, you know, the crew has done an excellent job, you know, bringing us into their conversations, making us feel like we're part of it, being friends with everyone. Um, all of this done super well to a show that you and I both like a lot. Girls Planet 999. Episode 11, yes. eliminations prior to the finale. The crew covered it this week. They had some things to say, but you know, let's do, let's do a quick overview of what happened. And then I want to get your takes on some things. So the start of the episode was the OOO mission, three teams. Um, you had the, so I'm just going to go run through the teams with my descriptions. Team one, hella top nine, essentially top nine. Team two, Hella awk, so tense, and then Team Three just had fun. So you know, an interesting mission, I suppose, a mini mission just to get more points and votes in different directions. What did you feel about this being included in the show? And the crew kind of alluded to it. Did it make sense to even have it, or they just needed kind of filler content? I I kind of agree with the crew on that one. I I did not understand why this was here i watched this together with my roommate and my roommate said why we've already seen them done oh do why are we watching them do this again <laughs> and and for a benefit you know for the final elimination it it did feel a bit weird and we got half an hour of this um and it's you know the girls are cute the girls are great but i i did feel a little bit like why are we doing this right now <laughs> Yeah, uh, the thing is, like, we, we got this mission at the end of the previous episode, at the end of episode 10, I believe. So to me, like, getting an entire segment on this was a lot, because I was like, I, I did this already. I voted. Like, I know who wins. I know who loses. Like, I don't... I don't we knew the groups. We've seen the fan cams. Yeah, it's like, we didn't... Like, I don't... The, the way that the, the editing was constructed to make more drama and story didn't really work, because you kind of already knew how it all played out. 
and I, I don't know it, it was it just seemed like a little too much um mm -hmm. yeah but i will say uh, at the end of the performances the recordings they they showed the compilations of all the fans yes. sent videos and messages uh was there any message that really touched you and made you feel a kind of way as the girls were crying and weeping on stage together oh i was crying too i <laughs> i could not deal with this um especially our girl ruchi who has been having a tough couple of weeks and seeing her get to see her fans and oh my god <laughs> and yujin as well you know she's she's debuted as an idol but it, maybe not reaching as much popularity as she would have hoped and i think just being able to hear the fans again i, I was just i was a mess during this segment although i did have one thought and it's that i hope they had a message for each girl we didn't get to see every message and i in particular i was thinking about um Ajinyu, the the sea planet pass girl who doesn't have the biggest fan I, d I just hope that they they had a message for each girl i hope that there wasn't a girl standing there watching all those videos and then there was no message for her that's all i hope <laughs> yeah that would have been awful um, <laughs> I, I i too hope that's the case i just hope that you know it was a longer segment the girls got like 20 minutes to be there while it was recorded and it got edited down to like what like four or five minutes oh, yeah like that's fine as long as in real life in real time everyone got something so, please, I'm that. Please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> since you brought it up, I will just go into Ryuchi. Uh, it was very heartwarming <laughs> to see the little kids root her on, and she genuinely felt that love and affection that people were supporting her um, because she's had a hard time. So I, I am very acutely aware of everything Ryuchi does for a lot of reasons. Okay, I think it's very clear who I stand on the show. <laughs> oh but, yeah, yeah. So I'm watching like all the details of the little interactions, the things that they can't really edit out, and. To me, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but every time someone next to her is having a moment or just needs support, Ryuchi's right there. It's like her and Yeso, I didn't know they were that tight, but I guess they are. It's just like, maybe I'm looking too much into it. This is, this goes to my like idea that I think she has built a lot of relationships and friendships on the show. And I think it would be great for chemistry if she just made it. So please, someone fix it and make it happen. Okay, I'm done. All right, moving on. <laughs> So we had the eliminations. It was it was interesting. Um, we got we got a top eighteen. We got a lot of them. Um, you know, again, I don't think we're gonna go through every single one. The main show did an excellent job of grouping them together. So check them out on the Soju Talk main show. But I want to ask you, what do you think about Hyunin Bae, number thirteen, and she's still here? She she. Uh... She keeps rising every elimination. Um, I gotta say, she's... I haven't seen the improvement from her that I've been hoping to see. I think she's a good singer. I think she's a good dancer. She's a very cute girl. Um, the confidence on stage just doesn't seem to be there yet. Um, and I don't know if... You know, she's young. She's um, probably a bit scared. But I, I, I'm not quite sure that I see what, I mean, well, there's the elephant in the room. We, we have an idea why she's getting the votes. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, if she does make it, I, I just hope that she, I, I don't feel like she's debut ready, I suppose. Um, and that's a very fair assessment. I agree with that as well. Like She has the skill, a lot of the foundation to be an idol. She picks up the choreography just fine. She works well as a team. But again, nothing pops with regards to everyone else. And also, Mnet hasn't really edited her in a way where, you know, she is given that extra storyline. She's kind of just there in a lot of ways that the other contestants and competitors are, right? Um, I feel like I've barely seen her at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I bring that up because she got the benefit from the OOO mission, um, the extra mm -hmm. points, which definitely if not if she wasn't already high because of uh the extenuating circumstances of her popularity uh, it propelled her into 13. and i bring this up because adjacent to all of this is um or are the you plus me equals love group that got the benefit and we have shauna and youngun jumping into the into the top nine pushing out some of the members that were very well known um mm -hmm. Surichi, Cheon, Yeso are the three that come to mind. 
Um, this is a bigger question. So with this benefit, it's very clear that they got pushed, right? Is yeah. it going to be reset this week where now you're just taking these baseline votes for this entire week? And do you feel like that will be the shift to reshuffle the top nine for the finale? Yeah, I, I can't imagine that they're carrying that benefit over, but it's, well, I'm sure we've seen the uh, the interim rankings that Mnet spooked us with there. Um, it's, I feel like everything's up in the air right now. <laughs> and, you know, that I don't think that interim ranking is going to be what we see in the final episode at all. And I, I also don't think it's going to look like this ranking from last episode. I, I don't know what to expect, honestly. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> so I, I, and, I tried um, to go on Reddit, you know, the past few days to try to figure out what that interim ranking actually represented. A, a lot of theories from the comment section, nothing linked, nothing like calculating. All I can say is if this was Mnet's way for engagement to maintain throughout this entire week, they've done it. I don't yes. know how to interpret that information. I don't know how to interpret like the rankings. That may be the case in the moment. That may be the case like a week ago and they just showed it to us. Um, yeah, all I know is I think if, if the goal was to get people to buy coins or whatever they needed to do on the universe app, people absolutely did that this week. Um, and then, go ahead. Uh, sorry, speaking of the benefit as well, we have Youngun who got double benefit. Yeah. Um, you plus me equals love, and then also from the OO mission. And this stupid trick that they did, where they suddenly are giving us nominees for 10th and 9th place. This is not something that they ever do. And they bring up one girl who has been in the top 9 all along, and one girl who hasn't been in the top 9 yet. So what do you think they're going to do? Obviously, <laughs> you know, they're not going to do this and then be like, oh, well, it's Yuji. And you can tell right away they want to do the shocker. They want to show us that... Yuchi has fallen out of the top nine, Youngun is in. But is Youngun only in because of that benefit? Because of that double benefit? And then also, can you guys leave Yuchi alone? <laughs> How much more do you guys have to torture this girl? <laughs> Bring her up and making a big spectacle about, oh look, she fell out of the top nine. It's like, she's tired. Give her a break. <laughs> I hated that. That was my least favorite part. Yeah, it was. Tele <laughs> it was very telegraphed. Yes. Like you kind of knew. Um, I mean, they they showed you plus me equals love got so much love. Like, sorry the pun got so much support, <laughs> got so much like airtime over the past week, and then all of a sudden Young and win, wins this. So it's like okay, double benefit. What do you think was gonna happen? Um, I again this trying to not make this a Richie episode, <laughs> but I think the edits definitely showed moments where she's just looking stoic. But as a reaction to something, it's like, I don't think that was actually the case. Um, and a lot of my feelings about it is that she just feels resigned to that moment, that el elimination day. Like she was just yes. tired and done. Um, yep. Because later on, throughout this week, all the content we got, everyone looks just fine. Everyone's just <laughs> trudging along, getting to the final, getting to the finale. Um, I, I swear we're not going to talk about Ruchi this entire time. <laughs> I, I brought her up this really time. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I appreciate that you 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 know your your crowd. You know you're the person you're yeah. talking to. <laughs> All right, um, but but you know they did do something kind of interesting with number seventeen. I feel like they did yes. telegraph that a bit as well. So they bought they brought up uh, Chen Shinwei. I, I always mispronounce her name. Mm -hmm. um, and and someone who has a cult on the server, <laughs> Kim Suyun. And they very just they just let it happen. You know, she she just gets it. A very extra reaction, you know, falling to the ground, smiling hysterically, but then also looking up and then seeing that her friend's like sad and, you know, figuring things out. My question to you is, was that adorable or was that psychotic? And why did you love it? <laughs> um, it was both adorable and psychotic. I felt awful. You could tell. Suyan went through, you know, this moment of, Oh my god, I made it. And then we cut to Shinwei who can't even speak. She's so upset. And you could tell Suyan was kind of like, "Oh, as she sat down, she clearly couldn't celebrate because <laughs> I yeah, that was another moment where I was crying. Poor Shinwei when they asked her to speak and she just couldn't. And it it 
it feels a bit bad because it almost takes away from Suyan's moment. Not not to say <laughs> I want everything to be about Suyan all the time, um, but you know she she can't really the way they bring up two and then they kind of snatch one girl's dream away. <sighs> how can you how can you celebrate in that moment? Yeah, yeah that that was heartbreaking. Yeah, um, I thought it's it's very manipulative. It's intentionally mm-hmm. manipulative. I know it's the case. I understand this is a reality show, but man, like these girls are going through something. They need they need counseling after this. Um, yeah, I, I will say um, props to Mnet for at least putting at the very end, kind of the the post elimination hangout, if you will, um, that she was able to speak. That Chinwei, you know, got the microphone, thanked everyone, um, and. You know, it was really reflective in that moment of the journey that they were all on together and it humanized them, right? It humanized um, the fact that, yes, it's a competition, but they're saying goodbye to people that they've been with for, gosh, like four months, five months, I would say. Like mm-hmm. May, I think, is when things started popping up about the show. So, yeah. Jeez. Um, well, now I got to ask. So, we're, we're at the moment. So, we have Suyan. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. we, we have a cult on the server. Your yes. username for quite some time has been changed to Team Suyun. Uh, yes. We've got a Biff, a Biff Miller. Mm-hmm. We've got a, we've got a Zondi. Cash is also. A Cash. Yep. We've got yep. a Zondi. We've got a... We've just recently brought um, Max, Mini Max, into our cult we've got to convince him to vote. Very so nice. We're recru- still recruiting. I think um, we, if anyone we, would like to join. We have Dell a little bit. I think mm-hmm. Del, Del and I are kind of on the fringes. I think we have our, our stands, but we're, we're there. We understand. We appreciate. So my question to you is, when did this begin? And what appealed to you most? Was it when she wiped the lipstick <laughs> all over her face? Was it when she couldn't figure out how she got into a group with Hikaru and still they couldn't be the best <laughs> dancing team or was it simply just when she got kicked out of a group and then still killed it in you plus me equals love so it was actually even earlier than that and my initial reason for starting the Sion cult um it it kind of stemmed from uh maybe a shallow reason and it's that I saw her in the the very first like K team OOO performance before the show even aired and I thought to myself, she kind of looks like Jung eun from Pristine, who was my pick in season one of Produce 101, and um, also one of my all-time top biases. I, I'm i the only member of the Soju Talk server keeping the Hinapia role alive currently. She's, Unu is my everything. So I saw this girl, and she doesn't, looking at her now, maybe in the eyes a bit, but when I first saw her, I thought, she looks kind of like Unu. So I, I started looking her up <laughs> before the show even aired. Didn't know anything about her. You know, found out she's Mystic Story. Um, she has beautiful pre-debut pictures. And so going into the show, I'm like, I want to look for this Young girl. I, I want to please let her be good <laughs> because I've already bonded with her just from first love at first sight. <laughs> and and she was in her, in her first performance, um, Pop Stars. She had the orange camo pants and... One of my um, biggest things with idols, even before you know, amazing vocals or amazing dance, is stage presence. And I think she has it. She, from that first performance, I really just felt like she was confident. She owned the stage. And I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> she's the one that looks like Unu. She can sing. She can dance. She's got presence. And, um, you know, as the show went on a bit, we, we did see her, I think in the Eve group especially, because... She has kind of that duality that fans are always talking about where she's very confident on stage, but off stage, she's a little bit shy and soft-spoken. And um, in that Eve group, she was very scared to speak up over the girls that were older than her. She didn't want to push for herself. She didn't want to advocate for herself. Um, and then she did the lipstick smearing, which is still cringy to this day, but you know, she's, she's just a baby. <laughs> she's trying to be cool. um and just following her path from there where she lost a bit of confidence um in the dance performance even you could tell she was still very shaken um and then coming around to her you plus me stage it's like we've her redemption arc is complete she's come full circle she's found her confidence she was kicked out of her initial group 
Um, she was really upset about that, but then she finally got chosen for her killing part. And that was just such a, such a sweet moment for me seeing her after she tried for every part in snake and just got voted out every time. And she came over to the U plus me team and they picked her for the killing part. And I just, I really felt for her in that moment, <laughs> you know, like you've been kind of pushed away and then finally someone recognizes you <laughs> and you know, she's, she's still so young too. She, she was actually in a team, uh, the company who are debuting bugaboo this week. That's Ryan Jun's new group. Oh. So she was in that. Yeah. She was in that company for quite some time and she left because that debut was pushed back so much. Um, and now here we are <laughs> and they're finally debuting, but she's switched to mystic story who are also debuting their <laughs> girl group next month. So it's sort of like if she doesn't make, which I'm for the last two eliminations, I've been a doomer and I've said, Suyon's not going to make it. There's no chance. You know what? I'm just going to accept it. She's getting eliminated this episode and then she got planet pass and then she made it through at 17. So I'm trying to keep that energy and say, she's not going to make it in the group. That's my, <laughs> if I keep saying that, yeah. So she's not making it into the group, but if that's the case, that's, the, it's almost like she's missed her chance at debut three times, you know? Um, and that's, she's she's still very young so i'm I'm sure we'll hear from her in the future but i i just i can't help rooting for her everything i hear everything i learn about her i just i want to root for her there's something about her <laughs> reverse manifesting that is what yes. you have been doing and it's that's what i'm doing to great success she's at the <laughs> finale you you are the sole reason why she is here you should take a bow you should be proud you've done this see on cult <laughs> uh, you, so you said a lot of great things about Suyun's time on the show and the fact that you got into her prior to the show even starting. What were some of the things you learned about her that not many people may have known or may not even to the till this day about Suyun um, prior to entering the show? Um, so she's, you know, she's been a, a trainee for quite some time. Um, but a fun fact about her is that she's actually um, been a makeup artist. She's done some uh, makeup. She was interested in becoming a makeup artist for a while. So she's posted some looks on her Instagram. Um, she also has a tattoo on her wrist that we never get to see. It's of an eye and it's always covered. Um, and she's a feminist. <laughs> she's posted about it on her Instagram. She uh, made some posts about, you know, not wanting. Anyway, uh, those are just my fun facts about <laughs> Suyan and things that made me more interested in her Um she, she kind of had this attitude of don't tell me what to wear. Don't tell me I'm going to look how I look. And I, I hope to see her carry on with that confidence. I hope that she doesn't lose it through this show. And she uh, she keeps following her dream because I think she's a really talented kid. That's actually a great bit of depth about who she is and insight into kind of uh, the foundational pieces of her personality, right? I think a show like this... Um, you know, needs to ha find drama and needs to find ways to, you know, poke and prod at the insecurities of the members on the show. Um, and I'm not demonizing the show. It's just a thing. Okay. I'm just, it's a fact. Um, it's fine because I love it. Um, but I hope that, like you said, she's able to carry that confidence and push forward with it because she, again, duality, it's a word, it's a buzzword we hear all the time in K-pop. But I feel like there's just so much of it with her. I can't put my finger on it either. Where it's just like, sometimes she's just a kid. She's a baby who doesn't know anything. And all of a sudden she goes on stage and um, and Tiffany is crying. And she says, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Suyan, yes. Yes, like, Suyan. <laughs> uh, Tiffany, I, I love that girl. God. Yeah, I love Tiffany. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. And I do kind of want to speak on, the, on her essentially missing debut three times, right? So with the Ryan Jun group, um, understandable, you know, she wants to continue her um, career and find her own avenue without being too restricted to uh, a moving deadline. Um, and then with this show, a lot of things are out of her control, um, but it does kind of, it's, it's leaning in a certain way. Perhaps we get surprised on fr Friday. I don't know. I can't tell the future. Um, all we can do is our part. Um, but then with this other group that you mentioned, Mystic, um can you tell me about billy 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 yes got it oh okay yeah. so, oh okay two questions yes. is this lineup set like for sure or is there a possibility that if suyan does not make it to the girls planet team she gets added to billy 
So this is what um, Bifmila and myself have been manifesting. Um, <laughs> they have, you know, they've been releasing dance covers and there's been some graphics with these six girls' names. They said it's going to be a six-member girl group. Um, but Biff was actually joking earlier today. There's some text on the uh, on their website and their header and that sort of thing. And he said, this this means they're going to add Zion. This means they're going to add. And, you know, they're not debuting till November. So never say never. <laughs> and I think, you know, where she's made it to the finale, you would think that you would want to bring that popularity into, you know, if she doesn't um, become a member of Billy what does that mean she just goes back to being a trainee right and you can't capitalize on that girls planet popularity so i would like to think there is a possibility that if she does not make it they could add her into billy but i am knocking on wood <laughs> i just want her to have no break between the show and whatever she does next for selfish reasons I know probably for mental health and like physical reasons it's probably not the best idea she probably does mm -hmm. need a break but I just I just need more of like all these contestants and competitors lives that I've been so attached to for the past two months three months I think we're going on three months right from the, yeah. the show began yeah because because i'm following doa a lot more now um she's posting a lot of videos um i actually found doa last year when she was on a show with Arin um from oh my girl um, she mm -hmm. did a web drama. I thought she was a really fun friend. I didn't realize that she was on Produce 48, that she was from Produce 48 until like I looked later. I was like, oh, that is her. And then this happened. And I was like, she's really good. She got really good since then. Um, and I didn't realize just how much younger um, Doa was compared to the other idols who had debuted. Doa was mm -hmm. 17. And I was just yes. like, wow, you are very talented. Um, I think Suyun is the same age as Doa, if I'm not correct. Uh Suyon is 18, yeah, born in uh, 2003. Suyon so. is older than Doa. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Doa, Doa has this uh, this aura, this uh, the way she presents herself is, is that she's mm -hmm. just far more experienced and advanced than a lot of other... Um, you you can tell she's a debut kid yeah. when you see her perform. I, I do, I hope for the best for Fanatics. I know that they've had um, some company issues from what I've heard, but the very talented girls in that group for sure. Well, to kind of wrap up Suyun, um, you know, we've, you know, hoped and dreamed that you've reverse manifested her into the finale, and now we're getting to it. Um, Doug had posted earlier this week um, that we are doing a finale predictions game on the server with points mm -hmm. distributed um, for the members that you guessed correct, and then the members you guessed correct in their rankings. All right. Yes. Nina, I'm going to have you go first. What was your submission for the top nine? So my submission was made before we got that um, interim out of left field hit. Um, but I, I'm still feeling my, I, I am feeling that we're going to end up with a majority Korean. Uh, hopefully not to the extent that we saw there. Um, so so I did have Shouting in first. And, you know, I, I do think she is going to make it into this group. I have a strong feeling. I know that um, they showed us she was lower there, but you have to remember the the live votes and everything can change anything. So I'm, I'm still confident. I think Shouting has a place in this group. Um, and then I have uh, Dion, Mashiro, and Yeso. I, I strongly believe Yeso is also going to be in this group. And I, I hope that she will be. Um, I think she's um, just a great performer and... And I know she was a bit lower in last episode, but yeah, I, I think that she has the one pick power, so I think she'll pull through. And then I have uh, Hikaru, Yujin, Yanning, which may be wishful thinking, So Youngun, and Chaehyun uh, to round out my top nine. Nice. There's a couple, Good. yeah. I, I'm like I said, Yanning. I I think she also has strong one pick power. <laughs> Maybe not as popular with Korea, but I think that she has a lot of dedicated fans and. Um, and I also just think she's really talented, so I'd love to see her debut. I think what's interesting about a lot of the selections that I noticed, so we can see the spreadsheet, so I'm just going to be very transparent <laughs> yes. with everyone, um, yeah. is that, well, just in general, the top 18, I, I would say there's three or four who could be main vocalist, and I don't think, I think out of the three or four, only one of them will make it. Yes. So uh, I, I, I consider Youngun, 
Cheyun, Bora, and Shauna? Shauna, yes. Those are the four yeah. that I believe who can be a main vocalist. I only feel like one of them is going to make it, unfortunately. And that kind I, of, I, right? I agree. Yeah. Because I feel like the votes um, are split in a lot of ways. Um, the crew made a great point about one pick power um, and like safe picks when you had to like distribute like three votes for the entire show um, mm -hmm. in different countries. So, yeah, I think it's it's kind of all up in the air right now. Um, let me let me go over mine real quick, and then we'll. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a couple questions for you. So mine, I have Dayan, Shouting, Mashiro, Hikaru, Yujin, Yurina, Cheyun, Ruchi, Yeso. Um, I I made my selections after I saw the interims. Mm -hmm. It didn't change very much, my opinions of like how things were going to shake out. The uh, only because like I do feel like Yeso and Cheyun will likely make it. Um, so mm -hmm. if you have four Korean members, um, I feel like the J Trinity is just very strong. It it, it really doesn't. I mean, it could like it, go, it could be crazy on Friday, right? But I just feel like they they all three of those have been very steady throughout the entirety of the show for different reasons. Um, Richie, I'm just gonna ride that until the end. I know she she could do this. I believe manifesting. Um, and the reason why I have Yeso. In the ninth spot, she would make the greatest drama like edit for that moment, where it's just like you have Yeso and you have who could be in that grouping. You have Yeso, you have Bahi, you have mm -hmm. um, Shauna, right? Like those three are on stage like for the last spot, and it's just uh, yeah. I, I'm so I, in my head, I'm like producing the show as I'm like making my list. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know we. No. All right. So let me ask you, like, what was the intention of putting out that interim list, in your opinion? And how did it affect, I guess, like, from what, from, in your opinion, how did it affect, like, other people's, like, reactions to voting and wanting to vote throughout this week? I definitely think, like you said earlier, it's Mnet wants to draw in more attention and more interaction and more people downloading universe <laughs> and uh, I think they were definitely effective in that way a lot of people have been saying they they don't want the final lineup to be all the Korean girls I've seen some people say that which I, I kind of get I kind of you know with with all nine of the Korean girls making it through the last elimination it's clear that I think it's been clear from the beginning that Mnet has a bit of a bias towards the Korean girls but I can also see why they wouldn't want it to be such a majority Korean lineup because this has been marketed as a global group you know between all three countries and if we end up with eight korean girls and one non-korean girl it's just ioi again <laughs> and uh and that is a bit um so yeah i think they mostly they're trying to and people are writing articles about it right it's bringing attention to the show so i, I think that was their main attention is just to get people worked up. <laughs> With all that said, who is your one pick if you had to just destroy everything, if you had to uh, reconstruct the system? Who, who aside from Suyun, I think, I think that one's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. Who would you like to see in, in the final group? So when I was voting earlier, my, my second pick, when I thought Suyun was going to be eliminated, was Shauna. And I, I think a lot of people have been saying, and I think they're right, that she doesn't have a lot of one-pick power. Um, and I don't. But she is just... That girl's an idol. You know, she, her, Suyan, and Yanning were the original all-rounder cell. And they've made it this far. They stuck together. They're still here. And I, it's, Shauna, her voice is so distinct and pleasant to listen to. She's a great dancer. She's so cute. Oh my gosh, she's cute. <laughs> And on top of that, he's currently with MLD Entertainment, which is Momoland's company, who I don't have a lot of faith in. So that would be another reason to bring her into this group, to give her a different chance to not debut under Momoland's company. But but Shauna, I, 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 I don't think she has... I think a lot of people were carrying her as a filler vote. Um, and I would just love to rig the votes and bring her into the final group <laughs> that, the way you describe that make, makes me really 
heartfelt for Shauna and like everything mm-hmm. she's been through, all the ups and downs. And you know, great story editing, I will say from from Mnet. You know, good job there. We all know it's a bit contrived, but I think it did highlight a lot of great elements of who she is as a person. Very personable, very characterized very well. Just fun. You know, she's the cheese ball now forever. <laughs> so, man, it's, it's and cheese ball and Kirby apparently is what the internet also has deemed her. So, um, and like I think you mentioned last week, Sion Chan. Sion <laughs> Chan. Oh my God. It just, <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> how, how is this person so supportive at such a young age and then also knows how to like be fun about it? It just. Great attitude, great personality. Yeah, yeah. just she's got it all. Yeah. Speaking of that, so do you remember on the uh, elimination uh, part where there he mentions uh, it's going to be from a K group, right? <laughs> and then she goes, "I think it's me." And then <laughs> she Masha forgot goes, she was Oh, it's K. I was like, "Oh, I'm J. You're right." <laughs> Like, very cute like, yeah very nice and of course it's Mashiro just being like very like stoic and steady it's like it's from K it's like it's okay <laughs> I got it yeah oh man uh, well it's gonna make for an amazing finale um, me personally with these kinds of shows I keep my expectations very low just because I just want to naturally be surprised and amazed at everything and try to like mm-hmm. keep all of the like the jaded history of all of these things out of my head as much as possible so I am fully enjoying myself with everything that's gone on and i'm ready for my heart to be broken with the final group so i'm gonna cool. i'm gonna miss the uh the gp 999 spoilers channel <laughs> it'll be sad it, it, it's been a really good run honestly mm-hmm. i think it's probably been one of the most fun like active channels i can remember in in, in the longest time so uh mm-hmm. props to doug and uh, warren and anita for uh you know encouraging us <laughs> Yes. <laughs> These conversations, I think it's the best way to put it. All right. Um, yeah, let's wrap up our, G- our GP999 talk there. Looking forward mm-hmm. to Friday. It's coming. By the time this episode drops, by the time you listen to this episode, this may all be history. Things have already <laughs> changed. But, you know, we, we, we got what we wanted out. And we said what we wanted. And we have our emotions in the universe somewhere. So... Yeah. And oh. I've noticed, I just did a search on this uh, doc. No one picked Sion for their final nine. And that's reverse manifesting. Thank you. Reverse manifesting. <laughs> We've done it. We've done it. You know what? I, I have her as someone I'm, I would like in, in the final group. As mm-hmm. far as like my, my wants, right? <sighs> All right. Um, Nina, this has been an excellent conversation. Um, with a lot of new people I have on the show, I like to get their closing thoughts on the world and just how they've experienced things over this very different period in world history with the pandemic, being so separated, being isolated, with the, just the changing presence of being online. Two questions. Um, how have you adjusted over the year and what are you looking forward to? What do you hope for moving forward? Yeah, I know I, I touched briefly on my my struggles with social anxiety earlier. And I think during the pandemic, I, I I regressed a bit. I I was having a really hard time. I was living with my parents and for a bit of it, I was unemployed. So it was like hanging out with mom and dad all day, every day. And I think I forgot how to socialize like a normal human being. But, you know, um, things are looking up <laughs> in the world. And I've been branching out a bit, getting in touch with some old friends. Chatting with the Discord is always, you know, a great... Uh, great way of socialization when you don't have anything else. And I, I think I am on track to become a normal human being again. So that's what I'm looking forward to is uh, just getting things back on track, hopefully going out and talking to people more and um, hopefully working up the courage to jump into voice chat on the <laughs> server more often. That's <laughs> as I uh, keep blossoming. <laughs> Well, you are doing excellent, and I would say you are, I, I'm repeating myself again, but you are exceptionally well-adjusted for a human being, at least as far as the internet is concerned, or relative to everyone here. So, um, yeah, really happy to have you on, and glad that you were able to uh, get your thoughts and feelings out about our lovely Suyun and everything that's gone on with the Girls Pant 999. Also, it was just great to hear about your history with K-pop. I didn't realize you were an OG. So... <laughs> I've been around, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for inviting me and letting me ramble like that. It was uh, 
almost therapeutic and I had a great time. <laughs> uh, you did excellent. Um, final words. Do you have anything you'd like to say as far as, uh, you know, guiding advice, a guiding light for anyone listening who um, may be going through some stuff um, throughout the year because of the year? Um, and just, you know, who just needs a little bit of a pick me up? Any Any final closing words for them? I think it's, you know, it, it's been a tough time, but especially uh, to our members on the Discord, you know that we're always here for a chat whenever you need to vent or you need to forget about something. And, you know, the world is healing, I think, I believe, and I hope, and I think things will get better. And 17's mini album, Attica, is out on Friday. So please stream and check out the music video. <laughs> Excellent music recommendation. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to hear it. All right, Nina, let's sign out. You've been amazing. You've been an excellent guest. I really appreciate everything you've had to say. Suyun Colt, I will join. Sign me up. Here I am. Thank you. All right, thank you everyone for listening to the Soju Sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or your preferred podcast platform, and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-Pop Podcast Discord. For Nina, this is Crispy, and this has been the Soju Sessions. <laughs>